Well, it's the dynamic duo, we'll be back again. Nothing back with DJ, you better pack it in. You're lacking sense. Trying to tangle with us, scoop of a big black booties in the back of the bus to smack you. You're stealing your lunch, money to search. Ready to feel like just a touch. Only by the end of the day, that's understandable. What can I say? You got strong man to be. Mind, mind, You're very quiet. I kind of need to be because I've been incredibly hot and cocaine-y most of the last couple of weeks. <laughs> incredibly hot and cocaine-y, the Paul's podcast story. Now I can hear your, um, your rain in the background. Might try and turn my gain down a little bit and be nice and close to the microphone. No gain, no pain. The story of it's a definitely what all, all audio recorders have to say. Did you? Yeah, that's right. Uh, I might, I might miss even more of your jokes today than normal. So you are doing this on heavy sedatives, I hope. They do mixing nah, with alcohol. It's, it's it was it was just a follow up. It's more the tenderness of someone fucking holding your mouth open with various metal in- implements for two hours. I guess. Yeah, it's that you've really got to get in the hang of of. Um, of relaxo with that, but it's difficult if you're in a stressy job and you tend to clench and grind and bruxism and all that sort of shit. Yep. Now nah, I had a couple of Nurofen and hopefully some red wine will help as well. Yeah, just uh, just be careful about mixing that. <laughs> the insides <laughs> and the alcohol. Tomorrow, tomorrow might not be. Uh, tomorrow, not be so good. tomorrow is a tomorrow problem. So we go to the beer festival tomorrow. So so Sunday will be a Sunday problem for us. Sunday, yeah, that's right. (laughs) None of this will make sense on a Sunday. You know, I've missed the overreaction pod and and the start of the season. So we're we're in. You know, most teams have played four games, three or four games now. Five. Most of them have played five. It's not a. Not a great sample size, but it is a sample size, right? And well, are you are you claiming it, it's not realistic to say that Dallas leading the West? I wasn't necessarily expecting. Uh, Boston leading the East is entirely plausible. I, I was more thinking Adam uh, having the top uh, five teams in the Eastern Conference. Uh, that that's you know that's a bit harder harder to accept. But I guess that he did go very heavy on uh, very heavy on the East. So far, it's paying off for him. We better not bury the league because Adam laments the fact that most of our content is us. <laughs> that we, sh- we shit all over his takes. Just shitting on his takes, and which which I, I reject because this is an equal opportunity take shitting podcast. Anyone's takes can get it at any time. It's only the fact that I'm always on the podcast that my takes don't get absolute tomahawk yam, <laughs> Wendy style from the free throw line all the time. But, yeah, I mean, Adam, uh, we do have to respect the fact that you, uh, this might be the podcast where we, we give respect to the to the takes that other people got right and we got massively wrong because maybe, maybe you had the East wrong with Adam and I definitely had the Spurs wrong. Uh, it's not going to matter that they have nobody other than Wemby. They've got heaps. It's like it was really funny watching quite cynical, uh, hard-bitten NBA journalists who aren't particularly – uh, you know, they're, they're not Shea Serrano, <laughs> shall we say. They're yeah, not they're, exactly- they're not no- noted Spurs homer Shea Serrano. Yeah, not, not, not exactly frothing at the mouth. And the amount of people that were going, oh, we're five games in and he's showing improvement already 
and figuring stuff out. Uh, this dude's fucking scary. It's over for you, bitches. I've actually come out the other way. I now think he's unfair and should be banned. He is now. Uh, he's now like <laughs> he just like ra- raise the rims every time he touches the ball. Well, sort of here's thing. the thing. So whenever I watch basketball, and my old man's around, like if I'm back in Australia and watching basketball. He wanders into the room and he often has casual takes on sport. Um, but it's like in basketball, he's like, well, this game's too easy because those, you know, tall dudes can dudes just sort just of drop the ball in. And I'm almost kind of like, yeah. well, that's, you know, you have to be seven foot tall and African American to be good at this. I'm like, well, that's not quite true because there's European players and you're playing outside and small ball and shredding the floor and explaining in great detail that it's not all about just being tall and black <laughs> and, you know, American and, you know, you just yeah. dunk it all the time. And then Wemby turns up and I'm like, man, maybe he's got a point. Maybe this guy is too fucking. Easy. Maybe we do need to put the rim up to you know eleven feet tall. Maybe well, he should be banned. And the thing, now, and I always have this reaction to dominance in sport. I had this reaction to Michael Schumacher, to Tiger Woods, to you know name your dominant dude. Pretty soon into it, I start death riding the fuck out of you, hoping you start losing or get an injury or something because I get fucking bored with dominance I, real quick. I do not want to see this guy injured. I want to see what he can do. I've seen what he can do. He can fuck off. He's going to ruin this sport. We need to we need to get him out of here. <laughs> We need to, we need US well, immigration the, to to the, do what they normally do to black men from other countries and right. get him out the paint because this, this can't the, continue. The, the, this the, is this endangers the, their American way of life. The photo of Chet and him standing on the podium after the US just scraped by them in the like under eighteen world champs, and Chet just looked like he'd been put through the ringer. Like he just looked absolutely fucking wrecked. Having to defend women and Chet's having an, like the 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 league has never been deeper in terms of talent. Like well, the, no, the, the league guys. has never been taller in terms of talent because <laughs> now 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 the tall stringy dudes actually have handles. And this is what you know what yeah. Mark, what Dan Tony said long ago when people said, "Oh, you're playing small ball." No, we're playing skilled ball. It, it oh, just so yeah. happens the smaller players at the moment are the most skilled, but we just want to put the most skilled five dudes out there that we can. I had a couple of conversations this week people that I sort of know that I'm super into the NBA, but they're sort of casual fans and they're sort of – and obviously the first thing they want to talk to you about is Wemby and they're like, oh, you know, he's going to need to, you know, put on some bulk before he can cope with the NBA, isn't he? And I'm like <laughs> – When were you talking to Jokic? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Jokic, you Jokic just need to get fat. Out here like an Eastern European nonna, just giving it the, you are too skinny, you need to eat, have some dumplings. But, but that move today where he – Got the ball in the post and then looked like DeRozan, like with the spin move up around the basket w- with his pace and his skill. It's like, I don't know whether he does want to get bigger because he's so quick and nimble and skilled that he's just going to toast centers that might want to try and bruise him a little bit. Uh, yeah, yeah. Thanks. I hate it. I hate it. I'm not into it at all. <laughs> you know, I know it's contrarian take, but there was also um, Mike Ryan of the Levitard Show made this point as well. It's like, it's a bit difficult to cheer for the guy who has every fucking natural advantage already. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, but- it's like cheering for Bezos. Uh, okay. So, you know, it's like, this guy's gonna- rich enough already. No, nah, no. I'm going to push back against that one, though, because- You can't push back against my feelings. Of- my feelings are more important yes, than I your opinions. What, what what do you think this podcast is? You getting <laughs> absolutely clown for your shit takes. That's what this podcast is. And then at, at the end of the year, you get some whiskey that your wife drinks in order to make up for it. <laughs> we'll, we'll see about that one. This yeah, year. Adam's got it this year. Adam is killing us. He's only played forty. He's only got forty four games in, and he has as many points uh, as you have, and you've played fifty one. The, the, the sixes, the sixes will fall apart. That's the, no. This, the sixes are only going to get better. 
This is depressing. They've already got um, through the difficult part. The Sixers are going to get better. It's really depressing. The the thing with Wemby, I, I think there's been heaps of people that have had close to his natural talent, but he's fucking he's got the Kobe attitude and the LeBron attitude where he's going to work. At no, it. I don't. I don't think that at all. No, nobody of his size, nobody of that size, has ever had those handles. No, no, but but he's got those handles because he worked at it. I don't think he's got those handles just from physical talent. I, I think he's got that because he's fucking worked really hard at it. No, you can't just fucking practice your way to handles like you want to believe that stuff because you're a coach. You have to have certain gifts to be able to do that shit. Yeah, but there's you know, lots it's of not, that- it wouldn't matter how much practice I did. I could practice like he did his entire life. I will never have those true. handles. No, that's true. But there's lots of people that have that talent that don't practice like that. And they don't have to because they have that talent. And that's why when they get to that level, they don't look like Wemby. There's very, very few people. If you've got that talent, it's really hard to bother training that hard. It's usually the people that don't have the talent that train that hard to try and get up to the people that have talent. Like that's that's just coaching 101. Every person you've ever coached, there's very, very few people that can just do it naturally that want to train that hard because they don't need to when they're a kid. They just absolutely don't need to. There's no reason. You just you, you're toasting everyone at the lower level. Why is there a need to get better? Exactly right. And we and should encourage that kind of behaviour because it's only through getting gifted kids <laughs> to coast through that the rest of us have any kind of fucking chance. Oh, <laughs> uh, dear. Look, it's a long season. He's going to get tired. Like, he's not going to be able to He'll, do that every he's time. He's going to be injured by this time next week. Thank Christ. Uh, um, no, again, I, I, do not, I do not believe that's the case. Actually, I don't think – like we said a couple of weeks ago, I don't think you can break him. I think he's made of – remember that, that elephant palms that have the long, stretchy fronds? Mm-hmm. He used to sort yeah, of yeah. try and belt the, the younger kids with at school. Um, maybe that was just our joint. He's made he, of that he stuff. Also doesn't, he also doesn't look as fragile as what he was playing for the French team last year. No, what he looks is fucking terrifying. Did you see him as Slenderman? That was yeah. genuinely alarming. <laughs> I mean, you, I mean, you can make that as, the, at that height. That was the stuff of nightmares. That, that literally was not into it. He will absolutely be in a, in a John Wick sequel by the end of the year. No, because because he'll somehow kill John Wick. No, we don't want yeah, that. That's right. We can't just make prequels and and fucking what's that new one they're making based in the the hotel where they all hang out. Oh, that was a TV show that evidently is very, very bad. Yep. And it's got Mel Gibson in it, so I stayed away from it. Well, yeah, like you said, I'd be interested in Mel Gibson's views on the world right now, just like I'd be interested in Kyrie Irving's views on the world right now. Not because I agree with them, but I just want to see how cancelled they'd get. Uh, so D- Dallas, Dallas feels a little bit unsustainable. I don't know. Well, not, not the Luca part. It's a little bit like the game Denver dropped the other day, right? Luca and, and, um, Jokic are just about as and, and I guess Steph too is just like the rest of the team can be shit and they're still going to be you know that they'll still do their good stuff. It, it's just the rest of the team will shit the bet around them. It, it's very very unlikely for them to play a bad game, which is why Dame's six point game the other day was was so weird. I don't think it's Dallas unsustainable. I think it's just Dallas playing a soft schedule because they've played. They had a close one against Brooklyn, and then they've played Memphis, who are cataclysmically yeah. awful. Man, I got that one right. This is all just Bezo getting a little pat on the head for all the, for all the, the picks that he got right. No, the two ones I really wanted to stay away from this season was the Wizards and Memphis. I just thought the Wizards would be laughably bad. And they're still better than Memphis. <laughs> Even with Jordan Poole throwing Cole Kuzma alley-oops off the glass 20 points down. <laughs> Look. It's not. It's not so much that, right? That wasn't too bad. I don't actually. No, mind no, that. no, no, no. It, it was. It was the look. It was the look on the face of how happy they were with each other afterwards. It's like you're 
down 20. Yeah, the game's over by then. Yeah, the game's over by then. I mean, they already know they're done. They just might as well have some fun. I mean, that is the most, Bezo, we're doomed. The planet is going to melt. We're all going to die. At least we can have some fun while we're all metaphorically down 20 points. Or Denny Abdi is like, well, in that case, can you trade me to the Nuggets where at least I can enjoy myself? Well, maybe you can you can put in a, a trade request like Falcon Kirkmars and have about as much Falcon luck yeah. as he's had. Um, well, what was the guy from Charlotte that that you know smashed, trashed all his teammates online and then demanded a trade request and just got waved instead? Oh, yeah, that was the guy who got waved instead of um, instead of Miles Bridges. You have to be pretty bad to be yeah. um, to be the guy they wave. Other than I'm oh, sorry, you better use his, his government name, Kilometers Viaducts. Yes, kilometers Aqueduct. Well, they're, they're not going. They're not going that well, and I think that's karma for what, what they've fucking done. <laughs> that's how I see it. There is no karma, Bezo. Um, we know this. And then uh, things. If you want to talk about things I got wrong, I reckon the Miami Heat. You could start with the Miami Heat dead last in the East. They, they've got everyone uh, just where they want them. You know this. That somehow yes, this true. ends with them in the conference finals. Somehow I don't know how, but you know it does. Well, ten bucks, Zach Levine, or um. DeMar DeRozan is on that side before the trade deadline. I don't think they need to collect any more washed uh, ex-Raptors players. I think they have had enough just for the moment. <laughs> but the the Bulls just feel like, you know, t- trade targets waiting to happen. Like we said, um, th- like we said in the preview, they they felt just it's just feels like a morbidly sad Walking Dead franchise with with the Lonzo thing. Like I said on the episode, the, the re- overreaction pod, they literally had a players only meeting straight after the first game of the year. Uh, which wasn't that bad a game. <laughs> it's like, what are we doing? But even that's fucking weird, right? Like, I don't know if you saw Donovan's quotes, but he he sounds like he, I I don't know a coach that would walk into a locker room that's having a few discussions and go, "Uh, you guys want me? Uh, no, 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 you're you're a good coach. Ah, uh, okay, I'll just I'll just go and sit outside for a while. Yeah, but like, but you know what, a coach what? that is so weird. Yeah, but you don't know a coach whose extension kicks in next year. He yeah, is right. He's guaranteed money. fine. He is happy with them <laughs> embracing as much conflict as they want to. Just yeah, and if he doesn't have to him. be there and fucking stenography the motherfucker, then it's all fine by him. Um, Keep getting them checks, as a great philosopher used to say. Geez, he's been quiet for a while. I, I know that the Bucks thing I sent you was a bit of a hot take, right? You know, a bit of bit a hot of take. take Bezo sent me on a, on a dead website that nobody looks at. He sent me a thread yeah. by an unaccredited Green Bay Packers blogger ranting that Adrian Griffin needs to be fired for all these reasons. And I was like, yeah, that seems like a reasonable reaction to four games of basketball, two of which were wins. I reckon we probably let it cook a bit longer. I know that's against the spirit of of, of overreaction week, but yeah, let it let it cook a, a little a little bit longer. But let's just see what this looks like. And I think Griffin's going to have to adapt his defense because the problem is the defense sucks, yeah. uh, and they are trying to do something different from what they did under Bud. I don't feel like four games is enough to figure out whether it's workable or not. Because what they did with Bud isn't going to work with Dame. It's just not. I was more sort of sort of framing it in. They had the chance to get Nick Nurse, and Philly just looked. Nick Nurse is overrated to fuck. I'm, I'm, you know, Nick Nurse, the man okay. who wears his own initials on his hat, <laughs> had one good year. <laughs> you just don't like him because he carries an acoustic guitar around everywhere. No, I don't like him because he has his own logo on his own hat. And his own logo sucks. So for those two reasons, I'm, I'm out on Nick Nurse. And he has he has the weird goatee beard of the bad guys from that one episode of South Park, from to- that one time travel uh, Halloween episode of South Park. 
if you had the little goatee, it meant you were from the evil universe. It was a it was a take on a, an old horror movie, but um, I only remember it from the South Park thing. And he's also not very good. I mean, what the fuck? What the fuck were the, were the Raptors doing last year? What the fuck were the Raptors doing in, in Tampa? He's had too many years where he's just been poop, and he had one really, really, really good year. Seemed to have Kawhi Leonard that year. Uh, yeah, that's 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 a fair take. I'm not saying he's, he's absolute shit, but I think he is rated a little bit more highly than he deserves. I mean, that was his first year, and he took over a team that were extremely well drilled from their time with Dwayne Casey. So, um, and a lot of these takes I'm lifting exactly from Mo DeKeel, who pretty much holds the same views. <laughs> but when I when I heard they got Nick Nurse, I, I didn't feel like, damn, the Bucks should have got him. I thought I was a bit surprised that Griffin it was Griffin, but um, because I didn't really know much about Griffin, turned out Griffin and Stotts both interviewed for the Portland job when Stotts got it. So they have long-standing yeah, that- rivalry, which seems like a really. I know it wasn't Griffin's decision to bring Stotts in. That was that was a John Horse joint. But it seems weirder and weirder that they ever team those two up as um, new head coach and two OC. The thing with Griffin was. Also, he has interviewed for a lot of jobs and not got them, but not in the way where you hear Beck and Lowe and some of those guys that talk, you know, that, that, that talk sort of about the, the next generation of assistant coaches sitting on a bench that are, um, like they talk about the guy from Sacramento who was the German coach, I think, or the Canadian, no, he was the Canadian coach at the, at the World Champs. And, you know, he's sort of, well recognized. Uh, it's a Spanish dude. Um, yeah. Uh, it, as you know, he's going to be a head coach pretty pretty soon, sort of thing. And Griffin. But how much of that is buzz, and how much is also you know whose agent is mates with whose agent? I mean, I don't, I don't. I mean, mm. Low and Beck less so, but I mean, there's a hell of a lot of of that kind of agent currency in the in the basketball inside space. So what? a lot of that, a lot of that, the dialogue around who are the hot new coaches are, I tend to not pay a lot of attention to just because. How much of it is CAA pumping up their clients, and how much of it is this agency and that agency? You know, so uh, was um, it- I don't feel like that itself is a reason to think that Griffin was bad. I think the fact that he's mismanaged, I think, is generous to say for the early part of his situation here. But he's a new head coach, and he's going to have to learn. He's been he's been yeah. in the job for five minutes, and Giannis he was Giannis was in on it. So what are you going to do? Yeah, that's that that's the thing, right? It, this was this was Giannis's back play like that's the guy that he wanted to get so as a front office you can't exactly and you can still trade Dane to Miami for all those parts that Miami had so there's always that in your backpack <laughs> yeah yeah I was I was, I was I was trying to think which gun head coach was like what, what was the gun coach sitting out there that's not working at the moment there's not really Mark Jackson Mark Jackson that's right he's well he's not doing anything at the moment so Jeff Van Gundy's uh, a consultant for somebody. I, I suppose Doc, but man, uh, I think- Nah, that- Doc's going to enjoy getting them checks, I think, because he, he would have got a payout and he can be on the ESPN broadcast. I haven't actually listened properly to a Doc broadcast because I generally watch basketball with sound off and, you know, doing work and podcasts in my ears or music or something. But um, I, I did I did catch the end of a game that he and Doris Burke and Breen were doing. It might have been the first the first ESPN games of the of the year. So probably not a fair thing to compare them on, but I didn't I didn't feel like Doc was an improvement over Mark Jackson, sadly. There was a few less cliches and bullshit, but Yeah. Now, Doc, the the most important question I need to ask you is are you part of the podcast system or are you the system yourself? I am the system. You are the system. But I'm not <laughs> 
<laughs> Actually, I'm, I'm more of the cistern. I'm completely <laughs> flushed. What? what? Like, I did not think that this thing could get any more insane than it has. That press conference was- You need to give context to the, to the listeners who don't fucking absorb every bit crazy. of NBA minutia. Look, you don't get to be James Harden without believing this shit as a philosophy. You know, I'm not part of a system. I am a system. Every time he opens his mouth, I just appreciate Steph Curry a little bit more. And even fucking Draymond, man. Like I can understand why people get sick of his. I don't know. I don't remember. I don't remember the beard ever coming out in, in favour of a transgender bathroom ban. Oh really? Is that so? Oh well. Steph walked it back, but you know he was. A, he comes from happy clappy fundamentalist folk down in Charlotte. So you know, be aware yeah. of what you sign up for. I mean, James Harden is a sleazebag, but um, oh no, I was more. I was more talking not necessarily off the court. I'm more talking as as an on court teammate, right? As someone that is. Um, you know, w- willing to fit their talents into, uh, 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 well, into a system, really. And like, what what system has Steph Curry's fitted his talents into? He is the fucking system. If anybody else could make that quote but, work, but it would be him as well. And the thing is that Harden like, was he a is, system. I mean, Daryl yeah, Morey was for, for is, a is, a, years, yeah. is a jerk off. But he has made the point that even 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 made the point now. He was quoted in a Rona Shelburne story after they split up. Um, that, you know, people are going to look back on James Harden as being one of the most influential basketball players of his generation because the entire, the entire game changed to be like he was, you know, foul hunting and threes, essentially. Great. Thanks yeah. for that, mate. Although that, that Ramona story was quite, it sounds a bit sad and creepy how Daryl still has paintings of him in his house and all this kind of stuff. It really does feel sort of creepy, obsessive ex-boyfriend country, but, um, yeah, you know, everyone's going off and living their best life, I guess. Uh, the the thing I find really weird about that ride is he's made his bones out of being this uh, not sentimental assessor of you know we, we've criticised him heaps about yeah. looking at players as assets, and this is the complete opposite, right? He's completely irrational about the guy. But not in the way that he treated him contractually. Yeah. I mean, if, if the truth is that Harden took a, a pay cut with the expectation that he was going to get a big deal and then the team basically offered him a, a one plus one in the team's favour, that's certainly not an – that's extremely cold and analytical in terms of value. Yeah, but actually probably the right thing to do. Wouldn't you agree? Like that's that's really where Harden was. Like that was an accurate assessment of where he was. I don't know about that, given that he led the league in assists and he and drove the the Sixers to a. They were the number one seed or the number two seed. He's still got a lot left in the tank. The problem is that the tank is is very large and padded at the moment. Uh, but he, on on your Clippers, it's going to be quite interesting to see if they can keep that fucking expendables film of a uh, roster together. Um, yeah. They're always going to have overwhelming star power, washed though it might be, to throw at any problem that comes up. That um, Battle of LA, what will be the other day when this this comes on, that was an excellent game of basketball. Kawhi, PG, Russ, and you have to put Russ up there with the other with the other two because he's genuinely stitching yeah, that together in a way. He's he's so he's the he's the cheapest one and he's probably the most important these days. Yeah, I was gonna say that he's the best value player on the Clippers easily, right? Um, yeah, like they're, they're paying him the veteran minimum, and he's and he's performing, and he's learned his role. He's learned how to do that stuff. He's he's done a yeah. mellow. Well, I think Ty Lue might be like I know he's very highly regarded coach in the league, but he he might be one of the most underrated because that's that's about as uh, as tough of a job you can get 
get out of rebuilding, right? Like if you've actually got a team that is classed as a contender, which the Clippers are, like the Clippers, you know, and there's a massive asterisk next to it every year. It's like, you know, if healthy. As but- we said, it's obelisk who's the massive one. You have to get this right. Or the French will invade. They already have, man, with their slender men. No armies anymore. It's just really small dudes. That's incredibly upsetting. <laughs> that's going to stay with me. Lakers and Clippers are both three and two for the for the record. Behind Dallas, Denver, Golden State, and New Orleans in the West. Um, yeah, like even the Pelicans. All right, the Pelicans have had a few games where it's like, oh, they're dusted, and oh no, they've pulled that one out. And yeah, I can't believe they're fourth because I'm sure they've lost at least four games. Yeah. And they've certainly, they were down massive in the game the other day. Yeah, OKC okay, last night. Yeah. Because yeah. like, Giddy, Giddy went off in the first quarter and was doing everything. And I was like, oh, man, they got this they got this on toast. This is awesome. Yeah, so did, they thought that as well. This is what young teams can do. You know, they uh, yeah. kick the clutch in. Um, and I think... Was, that wasn't the that wasn't a game without Zion, was it? No, was no, I'm pretty sure he played that game. The only thing that worries me about the Lakers is their, their rest LeBron um, theory lasted all of one game, and it seems- sorry, it was today they didn't have Zion because they played today ah, okay. against Detroit. Yeah, oh, so I just wanted to clarify that because I know I know I'd seen a a, um, a Zionless well win. a bit of a pregame that was from a from an all New Orleans broadcast and they're saying look we're down Zion the plane plane couldn't fly yesterday and it only got in at twelve thirty for a seven o'clock tip off this is adversity we have to own it we have to and and they did they they beat Detroit congratulations yeah. terrible basketball team but I, I knew there was a game where so that must be Zion not playing on back to backs I'm guessing yeah okay so this is the other thing I wanted to raise is yep th- this. Fucking bullshit about the player participation policy, and like they're banging on about Beal and Booker, you know, not not fitting into the player. Partic- they're not. They're not resting. They're injured. Yes. There's a difference between someone that's injured and can't play. There is nothing. You make all the policies you fucking want. If players injured, they can't play. I like- don't mind there being a bit more scrutiny on it. But sure, yeah, sure, that's fine. But don't say that. Don't say that Booker is resting when he's got a fucking ankle injury and he can't walk, and Beal's back's cooked. Like I'm sure the Suns would love to be playing Bradley Beal if they could. They're two and four, two and three. They're not having a great time, particularly against the Spurs. They're just probably glad that they don't have to play the Spurs very many more times this year. Yeah, because <laughs> the Spurs have their fucking number. They should have beat them that, the other day, and then and then this afternoon as we're recording this, it that wasn't close. It did get a little bit close at the end, but it, it didn't end up very fucking close. Yeah, so sure, Jimmy Butler resting, but but Butler's got to rest. He can't like he physically can't play more than sixty games in a regular season. I just think that that's yeah, nursing chronic injury is it. That's but that's the thing, you know. That's that's, a, that's difficult to difficult to equate. I mean, you, you're getting paid for eighty two games. You know if we only get a certain amount of sick leave per year. I know it's ridiculous to equivocate that with a real job, but there should be an expectation that these guys play whenever they can. Yeah. And I think I think it's not a bad thing to rebalance it in favour of not expecting people to race, rest on back-to-backs as a default position, which is what it was. Now, this the early part of the season has been quite heavy on back-to-backs and three-and-fives and things like that. So it's been... I wonder whether they're clearing out a little bit of the space for the mid-season tournament games. No, I think it's more that they always front-load a lot of really good, good shit games. for the first couple of weeks. Yeah. 
get everyone um, excited as much as they can. And then, and then they've got the mid-season tournament, or, or, or as you might prefer to call it, the, the in-season fucking novelty flooring showcase, because it just seems to be about these terrible fucking hideous neon courts that they've decided up to play everyone. Well, what's on. your what's your view on the courts? I really like the idea of the fucking New York playing on a bright orange court with a bright orange basketball in bright orange uniforms. This is going to go extremely well. I don't know. I sort of look. Design is very subjective, <laughs> but I think there's so is um, color blindness. I think you could, that, like we can all agree that ninety nine percent of the city jerseys this year are just bad. Just really, it really does feel that they've they've run out of ideas. But this is the thing, right? So I've been following this. Um, I, I retweeted a whole heap of uh, posts from a mob called. Where is that notification? The National Front. The National Front. Uh, I can't find it. Um, Pro-line mock-ups, they're called. And they basically repost a whole heap of stuff from, uh, you know, there's, there's a whole heap of, they're not probably amateur graphic designers, they're probably real graphic designers, but they're not employed by Nike or the NBA. You know, fans, fans who've got graphic design skills posting. Um, fans with laptops, you know, as Jared Kimber called his, uh, his sports writing course. His writing thing. But, like, there was this awesome one. Now, you're probably going to react against this because I know you're not a fan of the artist, but- um, I'm not a fan of bloggers. Elliot Smith is a, a Portland native, right? Very And was quite big around Portland and has that classic um, album cover that was very distinctive of- had some very distinctive artwork. And so, someone had this Portland um, sort of Portland cross Elliot Smith jersey and it fucking looks awesome. And then- Another one posted, you know, like a, a San Francisco one, which which was the, you know, the fog, the fog sort of sitting in the city with the font and the, and the number sort of peeking up above the fog, which is so evocative. Like, you know, we were briefly in San Francisco, this, and it just straight away reminded me of walking along the cliffs, looking at the buildings and the bridge poking out above the fog. It's like, this shit, how is it that there's a whole bunch of amateurs with a heap of really, really good localised ideas, and yet Nike can't seem to get their shit together to make anything decent. I don't understand it. I really don't. I've got a, I've got an idea for a Blazers jersey they should use. It's, it's a white yes. singlet with mm. a black diagonal stripe and a red diagonal stripe, and it says Blazers across the front. And you fucking leave it alone because you have the best jersey in the fucking comp already. City edition jerseys are stupid and they should stop. They should be fucking home whites and awake darks and fucking leave it. And I want to see the all-star game return to fucking one team wears whites and one team wears their colour jerseys because this is fucking nonsense. It's just totally, totally unnecessary bullshit. What's the drought like in New Zealand? Is there any lawn for you to yell at someone to get off? Lawn's too long. I need a mower. I haven't even looked at a mower. Unlike Australia, it isn't currently on fire. We've devolved to standing there shaking our fist at clouds. Is there any more NBA takes you've got? I thought demanding Wemby be deported was a pretty good start, but, you know, obviously you're not, you're not with me on that one. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, you would. I have to say I'm really looking forward to the San Antonio OKC matchups for the next decade. Like, there, there's going to be some good shit there, I reckon. Until Presty trades everybody for picks and starts all over again to roll his fucking Ponzi scheme over. True. I, I want to know why Jimmy is ducking the Timberwolves because he never he hasn't played against the Timberwolves since the fucking he played once against the Timberwolves the after the 
beat the lead guys with the third stringers. And he has refused to play against them ever since. So I think he's ducking them. Shall we briefly touch on some World Cups? Yeah, apparently there's a um, apparently there's still a World Cup going on. Not the fat blokes one, the other one. Um, final four feels pretty much set unless New Zealand completely shit the bed, and there is still time enough if good enough because they're um they're certainly capable of that. They've dropped three on the trot. They play Pakistan, right? So it's Pakistan's last chance. Well, this is where having such a punishingly long tournament works for teams that can come in and out of form. Because fuck, it feels like this would be going for years. People have been saying this is going to be the last, you know, ODI World Cup, and I was saying, oh, that's disgusting. Why would you say that? And by now, I'm like, yeah, fine, whatever. Let's let's just let's just have the- it's it's a long it's a long fucking World Cup, right? You could have a test. You could have a, test a month and a half top four championship in this time. Yeah, absolutely could. But India would win that because they'd have it on their own decks and they'd cook it up mm-hmm. because that's what they do. I've actually I've pretty much lost interest in the World Cup. They look particularly good at the moment, though. Gee, I wonder why. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. England just being the way that they have been in this World Cup, and then having having to sit around for another two weeks and still play games. That, this, that, that is the one, the one that, funny, the one redeeming feature. That has been that's funny. It's just flat out funny, and they're still dragging out shit like they're still like Bearstow keeps popping up, whinging about being given out stumped, and just they just keep showing their ass on the internet and in public and losing and then showing their ass some more and then losing some more. That has been funny. But Ev- um, Evidently, but- he, he got the shits about that because, like, he gave those interviews months and months ago and- yeah, I, I thought these it. I thought these quotes were from months and months ago. I'm sure he said all that shit ages ago. Yeah, but he gave them, he gave them separately to the people that wrote the book ages ago, but he was shitty that they- were being publicised, and it's like you spoke on the record to journalists. That's and you what's understand going to how books work. <laughs> you release the juicy quotes from the book in the book excerpt in the newspaper in, the in order to get motherfuckers to buy to the buy motherfucking the book. book. That's how it works. Also, uh, you can do with a distraction because you fucking suck, my guy. Oh, that game. Where they bowled, was it, who did they bowl? They bowled really well again. I thought you were going to say, that game where they bowled really badly and got, got out for fuck all. Yeah, all of them. There's been all no, of them. no, there was, there was one where they actually bowled really well and it's sort of like, oh, okay, you know, they've, they've got a chance. All they've got to sort of do is hold the line, I guess. They, and, is that the one they got out for like 76 or something? Yeah. That it didn't go well. <laughs> yeah. It, it's a little bit hard to get super animated about it. Uh, and then, then the final four will turn up and uh, India will just sort of happily parade their way to the final and win. So that'll be good. Yeah, they, they, I think they're going to need a really good semi-finals, right, to make it worthwhile. What, for anybody who isn't? I mean, it, it's worthwhile for India because the audience that they've got inside the building, inside the country, is going to be so much bigger than anywhere else. So it doesn't really matter. Mm. So. But uh, what would be good would be is if they get if they're brave enough to have a, a deck that has a has a bit of pace and bounce, and they get South Africa on there. We're just going to score four hundred kind of uh, mood, and and we get a game a bit like that Australia New Zealand game where genuinely chasing four hundred in a World Cup final could be could be a thing that happens. Mm, yeah, I'll sort of I've checked out a little bit to be honest. The basketball started, of course. We of course we've checked out. Other than. Golf is stupid. Did you see the, see the Maxwell story? How he's out with concussion because he fucking rolled a golf cart. What? 
why why are you playing golf? What is it about Victorians and getting concussions in the stupidest ways? Wow. I mean that that's Will Pukowski areas. I mean I think that's the only that's the only concussion Pukowski hasn't managed to figure out how to get. <sighs> how drunk was he? <laughs> that's the, like they don't play for a week, so quite possibly very drunk. Well, how many times have you fallen out of a golf cart under any circumstances? These are not vehicles. I mean, what what were they doing in the golf cart? I'm assuming they were Jim uh, Carnering it. They were trying to do fucking Ken Block. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I have fallen out of one when the person that was driving it, um, like, decided that, that they were, you know, in the Dakar rally. Yeah, or, um, or, or d- discovered the foot-mounted handbrake. Yep. Yeah. It, uh, I think that felt like code, you know, where somebody fell out of a, of a golf cart and got a concussion. Well, that's not going to happen just trundling up to the eighth fairway. Yep. No. All right. That's enough golf talk. Let's come back and talk some tunes. That doesn't even count as golf talk. That's the only golf talk we're going to be doing this year, much to yeah, incredible counts, frustration. That counts as golf talk on this podcast. <laughs> yes, our golf coverage concludes for the year with Glenn Maxwell ringing his own fucking bell by falling out of a golf cart. All right, so I'll catch you on the flip side. Cheers. Never ran for the bleeding place. I drove that motor, the Peugeot with the dented doors. Now I'm chauffeured, only driving a golfing course. Thank you.